Happy Labor Day, everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. If you are off today, uh, we hope you're enjoying your day off. And thanks for taking some of your time on your end of summer weekend by listening or watching us. We have a good show today, so uh, thanks for joining us. My name is John Hoey. Uh, James Bainey is still on location in Batu at Galaxy's Edge. So um, we are a little jealous of that. So uh, we can't say we miss him too much because he's having way <laughs> more fun probably than we are here. Uh, but joining me as always is Lacey Gillerin. Lacey, how are you? Hi, everybody. I'm good. What, what are you uh, What are you wearing there? Is that a Thank the Maker shirt? It is. George Lucas, always in our hearts, always in our minds. And uh, thanks to George Lucas, we have um, stuff to talk about because he created this thing called Star Wars. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. So today we have uh, not as much crazy stuff to talk about as we did last week. Uh, but we do have some cool stories that we're going to kind of give our takes on and uh, branch them out quite a bit. But first, as always, we're going to hop into these poll results. Lisa, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, we asked you... That shot of Rey looking all dark side in the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker footage. What do we think is going on here? And we gave you guys four options. And you voted and said a 9% of you said that Rey is turning to the dark side. 10% said other, which most of you said she's a clone. Clones. Clones. I'm so cloned out. Oh my god. Uh 13% of you said Ray is possessed by Sheev Palpatine. So mm-hmm. he's just possessing everybody. And six sixty-eight percent the winning vote said it's a vision or a dream. That's what I voted. I think that's what uh everyone out there is kind of latching on to that this isn't as big of a deal as JJ liked to make it look in that clip. Lacey Where'd you vote and what do you think of uh, what do you think of the result of the poll? I said other and then I wrote Matt Smith. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, Matt Smith. I wish that was an option though, because it would have won. <laughs> I should have put I should have put all Matt Smith. Matt Smith, Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I put vision. It just makes the most sense. Um it's similar to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Luke in the cave, him yep. seeing himself as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. It's the most logical answer. And like you, John, I'm cloned out and I don't want it her to be a clone. <laughs> yeah, for, for so many reasons. It's just like, I feel like, I don't know why this is happening, but even people who love the character of Rey are looking for reasons to devalue her as a character. And sure. not, not on purpose, but it's like, if she is a clone, then she's just one of whatever. Right. And she's not, or she if she is the clone she's just the copy of something else Mm -hmm. uh so none of that intrigues me at all and makes me happy at all i i I want i am totally fine with ray being a girl who is not cloned from anything and she doesn't have royal parents Mm -hmm. and she just happened to have the force awaken in her and that'd be fine with me um so uh i'm glad most of the people out here are thinking vision or dream not that you know the other choices are are bad i mean it is possible palpatine's in the mix there it's possible that she turns dark side i don't think so but that's what makes this stuff fun um and also what's fun is your comments guys and the most liked comment was semper fi danny so good job you said my thought is that 
It had a strong Luke at Dagobah parallel vibe. So kind of like what you just said there, Lacey. Could this be a Ray faces her fear training scene? So good comment there. I don't know if it's, I don't know if Ray's going through any more training by this point in this movie, though. What do you think, Lacey? Mm. It could be if it could be the part where Luke's saying we've given you all you've known, like you we've you have everything that we know. A thousand generations live in you. Like he could be saying this to her before she goes into the scene. Yeah, and you know, some people have really tried to zoom in on this thing and like brighten, enhance the image, and one you know one part of the on the right side of the photo there. It looks like it could be a force ghost glow. So what if Luke's there and right. he's showing her what she could have been if she went with um, Kylo Ren on the supremacy when he said, join me? Right. Because her lightsaber's crackling. You know, it's like right. kind of like how Kylo Ren. So it's possible. But either way, thanks guys for voting. Um, and good job again to uh, Semperfy Danny for uh, nailing down the best comment. But now it's time to send it to James Bainey. Oh, not sending it to James Bainey. He's sending it to me. back. He's staying in Batu. He's too staying in Batu. Having too much fun. Forever? Probably not. Probably not. They don't have food trucks in Batu. Bainey can't survive there. Also, you'd run out of money. It's like two hundred dollars to do anything in Batu. If they, I'll tell you what. If they opened a Chipotle, on uh, and an Apple store in Batu, James would never leave. <laughs> <laughs> but but so, so far, I don't think they do. That, that's canon yet. So I don't Jimmy think Dong's chili that. dog truck. Jimmy Dong's chili dog at Batu, five hundred dollars a chili dog, and then we'll get the, we'll get the receipt in our in our group email. So you got it. All right, that's a little inside joke. Peeling back the curtain a little bit. Okay, guys, now it's time to send it over to me so we can get into this week's <laughs> resistance report. It's the resistance. Thanks, John. To me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. I love your hat. Thanks, John. Uh. <laughs> okay. So, Lacey, we have a few stories to get into. The first one, uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy did an interview in which she's talking about uh, how she deals um. with fan feedback, both good and bad. Yeah. And she says they're always listening to the fans because they're fans themselves. They don't think they have all the right answers all the time. And the reason why I wanted us to talk about this story is because it makes me think about the fan movements like, you know, Clone Wars Seeds was a big deal for people and Makes a Little Too Happen obviously had some legs and I feel like it's still going. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really do pay attention to that stuff. But first, I want to ask you, what are your like her comments to me seem like you expect her to say that? Like she's not going to be yeah. like, well, the bad fans are jerks. But she says yeah. like <laughs> she's like, Screw she starts them. naming people. She's like this person and this that person. guy and that guy. Yeah. Um, but she she says she uh, takes it all the good and the bad. So um, what I mean, those are kind of vanilla statements. But would you take? Did you take away anything from those? I don't know if I took away anything except that she knows what she's doing. She's a strong uh, businesswoman that has good common sense and knows what works and what doesn't work. And she's been in this business for so long that. It's nice to see her acknowledge the good and the bad because I think sometimes as fans were like, are they not seeing all this negativity? I think they are, but yeah. it's also good to see that she's like, look, we're we're hearing you, but then we're also taking it with a bit, a pinch of cinnamon, so to speak, yes. of what is important and what isn't important. Um, it's nice to know that they're listening to fans, but I also 
hope that her and people like JJ know that the uh, negative people are the minority, not the majority of Star Wars fans. Yeah. Um, Did you take anything away? I mean, I think it was one of those things where she wants to let the fans know that she is fully aware of the, um, uh, the, you know, toxic portions of a yeah. fandom and, and maybe how fatigued some fans get with dealing with it mm-hmm. and it's her kind of way of saying like i'm in the trenches with you guys um, yeah because she no one takes it harder than she does because she's the one making all the top decisions right so right right i mean fans get upset over it imagine if you're the one running the ship so i right. get that and she you know one of the the more interesting quotes she said here well two of them the first one, I frankly love the feedback and frankly the criticism, but she also said you develop a little bit of an armor, but you learn mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And she, she she considered, she refers to the fan base as uh, a continual focus group that's out there telling you things. And that's the part where it's almost kind of like, because I know people say like, fa- thank God fans don't create Star Wars because it'd be horrible. And I right. agree with that. But it's also good to hear her say these types of things because sometimes you do feel like the wall is up and you feel like the fans are on this side and they're just over there doing their thing. And maybe that's just me who feels that way. Let me know if if you guys agree. Lacey, do you think sometimes you get that feeling? I don't think so. Being on how I used to work on a side of uh, Comic-Cons where I was constantly reading what people were saying and looking at what people were talking about. I think that it's just bad business in 2019 to not be listening to your customers and to fans. Um, Obviously you're going to have extremes on both ends of someone that loves every single thing you do and someone that hates every single thing you do. But I think there's that middle ground that does have some understanding and knowledge in whatever your business is, whether it be Star Wars or tacos or chili dogs or whatever. Um, But I think like you said, the quote where she talks about having an armor mm-hmm. is something that kind of struck me only because I feel like sometimes we're in that scenario, not obviously to the extreme at all of Kathleen Kennedy and how much gets thrown at her. But I'm saying in the sense of with this podcast, we put ourselves out there in a public forum in front of people that we don't know and have met some of you and you're wonderful. And some people we've never met and some people we never will meet. Um, and sometimes it gets hard when you read crazy comments or someone picks fights with you online about something that like, that's not what you meant or said, Hmm. or they take things the wrong way. And I'm a very sensitive person in the sense that I care what other people think and, and, and I take it to heart sometimes. So I can understand in her scenario where she's hearing all these things and she's putting all her time and effort and sacrificing her time and effort yeah. to make these movies and having people just hate on them on a regular basis and like make 30 YouTube videos a day about how she sucks and how she should lose her job. Like that's not easy to hear. Right. And I don't think any, and I think there's this disconnect that we have in 2019 of the computer and the internet where people just think they can say whatever they want and it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings and oh, whatever I'm on the internet. That doesn't change it. It's right. still what you're saying is terrible. So yeah. I think that struck a chord with me because I don't know about you, John, but I've been in scenarios where I read things that people say about me or just say about the show or whatever that I'm all for constructive criticism and and feedback i love feedback i'm very Mm -hmm. open-minded when people get to the point that it's just mean then you're like okay well what do i do with this information now because you're just being mean i usually flip a coin i'm like i'm either gonna say thanks for listening or i'm gonna bad john's gonna come out 
<laughs> so John will write these like, I want to say this. And then he'll just be like, I won't say it. And then he'll just delete it. <laughs> I'll quote tweet and say, thanks for listening. So I can only something. imagine, Kathleen, how many emails she's written that are like, I don't know, tweets let's, on her secret account that she's written that she then leaves in her draft folder. Kathleen Kennedy's draft folder and see what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. How many emails to Bob Iger and, and the like, but... Yeah. I do like the last thing, the last quote here. She says, we're just like the fans out there. We're just trying to find what's cool, what's heartfelt, what's strong storytelling. And so mm -hmm. I have to say, within reason, I love the feedback. And, you know, it makes me want to just keep telling people out there, be positive in voicing what you like and what you don't like with Star Wars. It's okay to not like stuff. Like sometimes people say like, oh, I don't like Attack of the Clones and people get mad at them. That's all right. You know, there's certain ways right. in tact to do things. But if you want like stuff to happen, like keep it going, like make Solo 2 happen. Let's keep that thing going. Like because they are listening. I know for a fact they all saw it and they're fully aware of it. We've heard it from many people. So our, your voice is very important. You may feel like a very small part and that mm -hmm. you don't have a voice. It, it's very important. So don't ever take that lightly. You are important uh, as, a, as a diehard Star Wars fan in the community, getting involved with podcasts and interacting with everyone. Uh, whether you go to celebrations or not, you are important. So keep voicing uh, what, what you feel and, and what you love and then that sort of thing and then keep it going. And I think that right there is kind of affirmation of that. And um, that's that's all we got there. But sure. let's move on to the next one. Our okay. next story has to do with Mando. And we have this article here uh, from Entertainment Weekly, and they're talking about uh, a little more details and hints about uh, the new cast of characters we're going to meet. Um, so I'm just going to read you some quotes here, Lacey, and you can give me kind of like your feedback on how you feel about it. Can I just say that it looked like they had the most fun this past weekend, the Mandalorian oh, cast. Oh, for sure, yeah. They had a blast. They look like they all like really developed some sense of like friendships or, you know, they had a good yeah. chemistry and, and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, where with some casts, you just feel like that person's looking that way. That person's looking that way. Yeah. This feels kind of like a like a unit. Pretty cool. Yeah. The funniest clip was the Taika was on the red carpet and um, Pedro comes up behind him and like does this like fake Neck breaking snap. up neck. Yeah. And he just like falls to the ground. The lady's just like, oh, uh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what you would think, you know, you fans say like, oh, if I was ever a chance to be a movie star, like how would I handle myself? And it's like, you don't also want to say like, like that, like you just want to have fun. I feel like if you and I were those people, that's what the kind of stuff we would do. Yeah. No, you'd put a stormtrooper helmet on and, and uh, do the Fortnite dance. Yeah. Or one of the things that always made me laugh was um, during Hunger Games, like towards the end of Hunger Games when they'd been together for a bunch of movies on the red carpet, like Josh Hutchison would be answering a question and Jennifer Lawrence would walk by and be like, so how's that rash doing? And then she would like uh, keep walking. Like that's the kind of stuff I know I would do. If... Yes. No, you, you got to have you got to yeah. have fun, man. I mean, that's that's the, that's the name of the game. Some people yeah. are pretty stuffy. This group doesn't look like they are, but nope. yeah. You have a guy who's known for being a little villainous, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. A lot of fans out there know him from Breaking Bad, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so his character's name is Moff Gideon. So again, that title Moff, which a lot of you will know uh, via Grand Moff Tarkin and the like. Um, so the quote about him, the Moffs were sector governors of the First Galactic Empire. 
But now that the empire has collapsed, the governors are on their own, and some still have armies at their behest, and this one is rather ambitious. So, mm. I don't know that... I feel like this guy's going to be a little bit conflicted. I know he's known for playing a villain, but what, what do you take from, from that? Do you take anything away from that? I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts first, because I've always said that I think he's a bad guy, because that's how I picture him in my head, as like what the way he looks and the way he carries himself and the characters he's taken on. He's always a bad guy. So if you're saying he's kind of like figuring it out, I'm interested to see what how you think that. So I think he's going to be a bad guy, but I think it's going to be one of those situations where he's someone who a few years... Because if you're under... Like working for an empire and you're a moth sure. or an officer, sure. a high level person, you're used to knowing what you need to do, where you need to be and how things go. Mm-hmm. That empire falls and you're kind of like looking around like, all right, now what? Mm-hmm. But you're, you still have that military mindset. I think it kind of screws you up. And so he probably, his ego probably wants him to still be I'm the boss. I'm in charge here. Right. But there may be a little bit of like, do we still need to follow this guy? And like, where are we doing here? So he may be in one of those conflicted situations, this post empire type of thing. Uh, And I think that makes for an interesting villain because it's not one of those things like, well, he might be a good guy. But no, it's like, no, he's probably a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a lot more layers to it in, in, in order for him to adjust to this post empire life. Yeah, I could see that. Like, the question is, why would people continue to follow him? Why wouldn't stormtroopers just be like, okay, I'm out? Yeah, right. And yeah, it's, 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 I, and again, it's, is it just because you're used to that? Because that's all you've known. And if you go away from that, it's, you know, scary. You don't know what, what else to do. Um, you also can't help but wonder who's at the top. Like, is he the top or is someone above him? Is someone above that guy? Like, who is at the tip top once the right. empire falls? Right. That's true, too. Um, and uh, next we have Carl Weathers playing Grief Karga. You think he's a bad guy, right? You said he's going to go bad like a ba- uh, Bennett. I, I th- Beckett. Sorry, it's not Bennett. Beckett. Like James's son, Bennett. <laughs> yeah, Bennett. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. I, he, I mean, he plays the leader of the Bounty Hunters Guild, right? Mm-hmm. And bounty hunters aren't necessarily bad guys. A lot of times, bounty like Dog the Bounty Hunter, you get you get you get hired to bring in bad guys um, or people who owe people money or that sort of thing. So there's this guild of bounty hunters, and he's allegedly in charge of it, and he kind of like offers these jobs to them like contractors. Mm-hmm. But something about it, like I know Carl Weathers usually plays good guys. You know Apollo Creed, his uh, most famous role. Mm-hmm. and uh dylan and, and predator but and he kind of like was a backstabber in that so i you know mm-hmm. i don't know i just feel like it's one of those things where he's gonna maybe set up the mandalorian like he gets paid off to set the mandalorian up to get him killed or something i don't know i think and that's just a there's guess. gotta I'm, be characters that the mandalorian can trust and i feel like this is the guy he can trust i feel like the next group of characters are the ones he's going to be trusting all right. And what are those characters? So you have Cara Dune, played by former MMA fighter, uh, now actress, Gina Carano. Uh, Who, by the way, was adorable all yeah. weekend long. Yeah. And there was one clip of her that it looked like she had been crying because she was mm-hmm. so overwhelmed, I think. Yeah. Um, 
about like how everyone's had such a like we can't wa- wait to watch this and she said she feeds off of that energy and yeah. like people being excited um she tweeted at me which was really awesome uh yeah whatever i was pumped i was Sweet screaming brag. it was awesome um yeah she she definitely put off that energy at celebration too mm-hmm. when she took the but stage she just, i'm happy to be here is that energy that i get from her like yeah. that she hasn't reached her full confidence of like i can handle this which is very very cute but i hope she uh she knows that she could do this this is she doesn't need anybody to tell her that she's great she she's already great yeah she had john favreau tell her and who right who better to tell you that than him um, right <laughs> so it says she sits apart from the imperialistic side of things she mm-hmm. fought with the rebellion but we we do no, not everyone in the Rebel Alliance adhered perfectly to the moral standards. Mm. Um, so by the time we meet her in Mando, she's gone full mercenary. Um, so almost like, you know, maybe a work for hire type of thing. And we see her tangle with the Mandalorian in the footage that we saw at Celebration, where they're rolling on the ground with blasters trying to stop each other, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, they're like rolling around, yeah. So it's they're probably going to butt heads or maybe they're going for the same job. You know, that type of thing. Right. But it seems clear to me that they're not hiding the fact that she's going to be on his side. Yeah, I kind of feel like she's going to be a romantic interest for him. But I, I do, too. And also, um, you know, obviously holding her own. She looks like she's going to do some damage in this show. Yep. Um, so you got her. And then you got this. Uh, <laughs> IG-11 waving his arms around shooting stuff. <laughs> Uh, voiced by uh, Taika Waititi, um, and it almost the, at least everything they're pointing to makes it sound like he's going to embody him as though he is Taika Waititi. So um, mm. it says the bounty hunting droid gets pegged as IG eighty eight, but will clearly make a name for himself. So they in the show, I think they do a little like I don't know if that's considered meta, oh, but so funny, kind of yeah. like how fans thought he was IG eighty eight. He gets called IG eighty eight in the show, and like gets mad i'm not ig yeah. <laughs> he gets mad so um i think that's a good twist there um mm-hmm. but it sounds like he's also going to be on the side of the mandalorian now my only concern with this i don't know how you feel about it lacy i hope it's not too k2soe i said this on monday that i thought he yeah. was going to be very k2so i hope he's not though i think I he like- is that's boring to me. They need a comedic relief. I think he's going to be the comedic I relief. Think that, I think that's where your boy Bill Burr comes in, though. I love Bill Burr. Bill Burr's not going to not be funny in this show. I'm sorry. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Dennis Bill Leary Burr's was serious like, in his series. Yeah, let's go get him. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I could see Bill Burr being, like, kind of rude. Like, because his humor can get, like, he likes being rude. Yeah. I could see his character being like snarky and sarcastic, not necessarily mm. funny. Like IG-11 seems to me like comedic relief, like C-3PO or K-2SL, where it's like clear that's what his role is, comedic relief. I hope it's at least a different personality from K-2SO, who's a... K-2SO was very robotic. Like he wasn't He's very human. dry, but like straightforward. And because he was so straightforward, that's why it was funny. And everything was pretty literal with him. Yes, so I hope this droid at least is more of a character in terms of like having a personality, which, it, you know, maybe that's the case. I don't mind if he's going to be like the sidekick sort of thing like K2 is, but I just hope the dy- dynamic's a little different than like a master and his dog 
Where which K2SO? He's like, go wait to the ship, and, and K2's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. But yeah. those those that's your taste of characters, and um, it's just a little more sprinkling on what we already know about them. And um, it's so it, crazy to me that it's almost September, or it is September now. And it's September now. Yeah, yeah right now. And we're a couple months away, and yep. we really don't know that much about this show. Right. Well, and you know what's crazy about that, though? Because I was talking to, like, my brother and friends about it mm-hmm. and other people who talk to um, other diehards who talk to their family members. A lot of people still think, like, this is Boba Fett. Um, a lot of people still don't know what it is. Yeah. I talk to my coworkers all the time, and they're like, what is that? And I'm like... I showed, I showed my wife the trailer, and she goes, is that Boba Fett? At the end, I was like, man, they might be in trouble. Matt said the same thing. I yeah. But maybe they got it figured out. Maybe they just want the diehards in on this show to show um, the, the diehards that they're taking care of them. Uh, I'm not sure. He maybe said it they- looked cool, though, because it was so like gritty. And he loves that like crime stuff. And yeah. yeah. He loved Breaking Bad and like yeah. that dark stuff. Yeah. I mean, this show could be an inside... Star Wars fan thing that also lures in people who like genre. Um, and then mm-hmm. maybe the Kenobi is just the let's get everybody in uh, right. thing. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm excited about it. Again, for a guy who wasn't too into it early on. Um, for the people that said Mandaborian. <laughs> yep, Mandabor for sure. Um, all right, Oof. next story. Mm-hmm. All right. General Hux, Age of Resistance comic tensions are high. Between guess who, Hux and Kylo Ren. Is now, it because so many hugs were going around? Because he general hugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it shows um, Hux as a kid um, being demeaned by his dad and mm-hmm. that trope and, and that sort of thing. And then you always turn into your dad if he's so not daddy a good person. Issues? Yeah. Right. So that you see these um, frames and it's showing this and this interaction. And then later on, um, you see Hux gets saved by Kylo Ren. And then things happen where... And Kylo Ren says, I inadvertently saved you. You just happen to be there, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the big part here... I don't want to reveal too much of this if people want to read it. But Kylo Ren gets beat up pretty good by... A beast. Yep. Knocked out. Yep. Out cold. Yep. <laughs> and Hux starts talking to this guy about him. And uh, I don't know if they mentioned the guy by name here. An older man in Alderanian, Alderanian clothes. So he's from Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Who obviously knows the Organas. Um, says, I know him. I knew his grandfather. I knew his mother. And Hux says he's very much like his mother. So Hux is saying that Kylo Ren is very much like Leia, which drove Ben Demptionists crazy. So what do you think about this? I don't necessarily mean... It's difficult because I don't think lines like that immediately mean another thing. I think they're just trying to remind you that he's still tied to Leia. He's still tied to his past. He's still part Leia, part Han, part Luke. Like, that's still where his legacy is coming from. And I think it's establishing that Hux knows this legacy and knows what he's capable of and what he's come from. 
I don't think that means necessarily that he's going to be redeemed because they brought up Leia. Because this happened, I'm pretty sure, didn't this happen before he killed Han? Um, yes. And the timeline, so then he, even after this quote was said of, oh, yeah, he's just like his mother, Leia didn't kill Han, Kylo killed Han. So I, I just think that oftentimes people kind of pull things from comics and books and trailers and stuff to make their arguments stronger, not necessarily mm-hmm. thinking about the bigger picture of what this line means necessarily. Yeah. Um, and this is coming from someone that really wants Ben to be re- redeemed. I really do want to see that happen. I think he's yeah. Leia and Han's son. I think it, it would be so depressing if it ends where he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people read into things too much. But it is interesting to hear about the dynamic between him and Hux because we get a little bits and pieces here and there in the movies and they're always very hostile interactions whereas right. this is a, somewhere where kylo saved him and then he in a way saved kylo like he paid him back by not letting anything happen to him when he was knocked out also poor kylo's been now knocked out twice <laughs> in yeah front of Bucks. so this this situation they're in i guess the uh, the guy's name is bill billsma and so what happens with Hux is he pretends that they are on the good side when when mm-hmm. when Kylo Ren's knocked out and when he wakes up Hux calls him Ben and he's like Ben you're awake because I guess the guy's aware of the name Kylo Ren so he uh. calls him Ben and because they're in a situation right now where they don't have a lot of support and they're just kind of stranded so they don't want this guy and these beasts to kill them so they start acting like oh your mother's worried sick she's waiting for you and <laughs> and that sort of thing and then when the first order shows up with phasma um they're gonna mow down all his beasts and 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 huck says don't kill the man and it makes you think like oh maybe he does have a heart and then it winds up that's one of the planets that they test star killer on so he just <laughs> he, he wipes him out that way later so it's well, um it's an interesting comic but i don't like i joked about this and some people didn't like it but the interactions in this between hucks and kylo ren reminded me of like um, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon and like grumpy old men. It's just so like, hey, you putts. It's like, hey, you butthead. It's like, yeah. I don't like the goofiness. These are supposed to be our villains. Like, and I know Star Wars is campy, but something about the way the comics are written sometimes, like Kylo right. Ren stumbles stumbles upon like meat on the ground, and he's like, it's it looks like meat. I'm like, what? Is, if that happened in the movie, I'd be like, "What is? Come on!" Yeah, it's like Chewy finding the the food with the the animal and the net and all that stuff in Jedi. The dialogue but. can be a little clunky sometimes in comics. A little bit, and you know, I was talking to Val about this, uh, and he was like, "You know, comics used to be way goofier, and they're taken very seriously now." And I get that, but maybe sometimes you just gotta say it. It is what it is, and have fun with them. But sure. try not to, like you said weave too much out of them because 99% of fans aren't reading these so you can't put too much in these pages that the regular fans gonna miss when they go to see the movies and, and that sort of thing that's all right right yep all right anything else on this not really are you are you huxed out right now <laughs> I don't think so I, I want to see Hux be a bad guy I don't like seeing him have mm-hmm. some sort of a heart and or be jokey i want him to be mm-hmm. the annoying redhead from tfa yeah. i mean i do like that where he left him alive and it makes you think that 
oh wow he's actually sparing him because he spared him and then he uses star killer to blow up his planet he's like that's how i'm gonna kill that guy yeah <laughs> so, and then in you know the last jedi we see that moment where hux goes for his gun to shoot kylo so yeah i love that i yeah. hope they explore more of that in in uh, episode nine like i like my hux a bad guy i don't yeah. like jokey like butt of the joke hux and that was like a good sort of laugh where kylo wakes up and he just slowly puts his coat back yeah over that He's like, was all Domo gleason yeah that, so he he improved that right yes so good so because he good. told ryan that like his character wouldn't just stand there staring at him mm-hmm. like there would be a moment where he'd be like well if i well, well he's a weasel and it yeah. we like how weasels operate they're like oh i love you you're great and then the moment they see you're vulnerable like the hyenas in lion they king yeah. they'll, 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 they'll go at you yeah he's a hyena that's what he is Mm-hmm. All right, Lacey, why don't we take this to... Guys, I'm just... I'm not going to do any theatrics. We're not doing a rundown this week. There's not, <laughs> there's not a lot to run down, and uh, we're not going to be punching do, it. Do, do, do. <laughs> but it'll be back next week, I promise. But you know what? Mm-hmm. That means now we get to go to your questions, so that's pretty cool. So, Lacey, let's hop in to Ask the Resistance. All right, guys. It's time for... Ask the resistance. I almost said resistance transmissions. Ask the resistance. You've got Star Wars questions. Hopefully, we have some good Star Wars answers. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? So the first question comes from Lyndon Kaiser at Lyndon Kaiser. Nice hand. And they asked, uh, James mentioned the concept that Disney Plus could try for two Star Wars shows a year. Example, Mando and Cassian. Looking at the D23 Star Wars timeline, could Kenobi lead into a not yet announced, I love how he had to put that, not yet announced, solo sequel series later that year? John, do you think Kenobi could lead into uh, hashtag make solo two happen? I don't know. Like, I know the odds are probably higher that a follow up to solo doesn't happen versus it happening. Never tell me the odds. But, but never tell me the odds. Um, I don't want to. I don't think it'd be that soon, because we haven't heard anything yet. And if Kenobi's filming next year, you figure it may come out. They, they didn't announce the year yet, right? They're just filming next year, so you have to think maybe twenty twenty one it comes out. Right. Which is when Cassian comes out. Is that right? Is or is it? Cassian next know. year? Cassian comes out next year. Okay, so then you have Cassian, and then 2021 is Kenobi. I would say Solo probably comes after that, if it happens. I think they're going to announce a Solo in the spring. You Are you confident about this? Like I am. I don't feel that confident about it. But I, I want it more than anyone, but... I feel confident oh. about it. I think they're going to announce it then, and we're going to be talking about it at Celebration. If they aren't, if they don't announce it before celebration, we're holding a rally. <laughs> okay. Get all the Make Solo Two Happen shirts at the Falcon at Batu. Big we're group photo, it. and then we're gonna send it to Kathleen Kennedy because she she's gonna lessons. say thank you so much for your criticism. Thank you for the trash sto- can. <laughs> thank you so much for being our focus group. Bob Iger doesn't care. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't... I, I think it could, because there are rumblings that the Kenobi series could include Crimson Dawn, so that makes sense. It goes right into Solo. The big thing everyone's talking about is on that chart that they made, guys, we finally got an awesome Marvel-ish chart of a timeline. Uh, the chunk for Solo is the only movie... I marveled movie. at it for a long time. Ugh. The only part of the chart that's like more than one like little tick for a movie is Solo. It's like a big chunk, and then Obi-Wan is kind of stuck in the chunk Mm. So I could see why people would then go, well, there's plenty of time here to explore. Why not? Um, so I would say yes. I'm saying I, yes. I don't want them to be like, well, we'll give you Alden back, but he's just going to be in this person's show. I want Han and Chewie to have their thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. 100%. Yeah, I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just made me think of that. Like, I don't want it to be like, Oh, there's those guys for like ten minutes as a little bit of a. There you go. Now leave us alone with your hashtag. No, I want the I want Jonas <laughs> and Alden back to have like their yeah and buddy cop type show. And there's some fans that are like, well, how about just uh, a Kira show? I'm like, no, I want Han and Chewie. And they're like, okay, how about an Emphasis Nest show? I'm like, I want Han and Chewie. I'm like, you can do Emphasis Nest too. I want Han and Chewie. Like, yeah, I think. Uh, you know, as time has gone on since Make Solo 2 Happened kind of broke onto the scene in May with this whole campaign, um, I think people need to recognize that we've always wanted a TV show. We've always wanted a movie. We've always wanted something. And just because we really want Han and Chewie doesn't mean we don't want Kira and we don't want Lando and we don't want Infest Nest. Because I see a lot of people kind of throwing that our, our way, being like, well, I'd prefer this. Hmm. Of course we want all those other things, but we also want the continuation of Han and Chewie that didn't yeah. get to finish their own story. Right. Um, and if you do in addition ten, to all this other stuff. If you do 10 hours, there's a lot of time to bring all those people in and do all that. Yeah, so. and you can do a whole episode that kind of maybe goes into Infest Nest within Han and Chewie's story. Right, or you can do yeah. like a Dothamir situation with Maul and Kira. Uh, there's a lot that, that you can do, so... We're all in. I mean, it's we it's are, all part absolutely. of the it's all part of the plan, uh, the campaign. So, yep. Yes. All right. So uh, next. Next is Blog of the Hut at Blog of the Hut, and they said in the Mandalorian trailer we saw the beginnings of what looked like a pretty brutal takedown using a door. Guys, they cut a guy in half. Uh, do you think any more will be seen in the show? Uh, and how dark do you think the tone of the show could get, John? There were stormtroopers on spikes. Heads. Heads on spikes. Were they heads or just the helmets? I thought there was stuff in the helmet from what I saw. Well, we saw... It, it's very... It depends on how Regardless, they... Regardless, someone used to be in that helmet. It depends on how they cut it because Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace were both PG. And we saw Jango Fett get decapitated. We right. saw... Darth Maul get cut in half and watched his body get split bounced, in half. Bounced around a... So, it depends on how they cut it. I, I can I can see them sticking to a PG-13, which would be a TV-14. I don't know what streaming ratings are like, if they even do them. But it's, it's going to be... It's um, Y7, TV-14. But streaming services do that too? Yeah. MA. Hmm. Yeah. So, I think it'll be in the TV-14 thing in the US and whatever that equivalent is internationally for the folks out there listening to us. Uh, overseas um uh but yeah it, it'll keep that that star wars thing i don't think star wars will ever go r-rated uh but a show like the mandalorian is not going to go y7 like resistance you know yeah 
I think it's definitely going to have a darker tone. You could tell by the look of it and the music, which gave me such anxiety in the trailer. Um, there's going to be a lot of fight scenes, a lot of killing. Um, the thing about TV and movies with violence in particular is if you see blood or not is how gory things mm. tend to get. I don't remember seeing any blood in like the trailer at all. I just saw a lot of like, oh, this guy gets punched, this guy gets shot, there's no blood, no gore. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only real blood we see in Star Wars is when Finn gets it put on his helmet. Yeah. Like, that's isn't, really it. Isn't there a very quick, when Obi-Wan cuts Maul in half, spray? Is there? I think a very, like a, like a, <laughs> like a mist, like a, <laughs> I don't know. You guys know. Let me know. But that's usually the determining factor. But I think it could get pretty brutal. I mean, they cut a guy in half. So the I guess my answer would be if they end up showing you the guy actually getting cut in half or they cut away like they do is going to determine how dark it gets. But at the end yeah. of the day, they Disney recognizes that Star Wars is loved by kids. So they're not going to want to make a show that's too brutal that a kid can't watch it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't think this is going to be a little kid show. This is probably going to be a middle school and up type show i think yeah like the mandalorian's cool yeah like that sort of thing yeah <laughs> oh i wonder if there's gonna be a lot of mandalorian halloween costumes this year i don't i think there's gonna be a lot of dark rays i could tell you that oh yeah that's more cosplay than like halloween costumes it's a pretty easy halloween costume you just wear a black cloak and then a red darth maul lightsaber so are you gonna do that then i've thought about it i'm gonna do it are you? I'm going to be Dark Ray. We should take a picture together. If we get a million subscribers on YouTube, I'll do Dark Ray. Oh, jeez. All right. Next up is Scott Gibson at Scott Gibby. <laughs> Speaking of lightsabers, he asks, with bleeding and purifying crystals now canon, will we see this in The Rise of Skywalker since Ray may have likely had to bleed a crystal to get her red one? Will a general audience understand this? John. Bleeding crystals. You're not going first on this one? I like asking you questions. Oh, that's good. I don't think you're going to see her bleed the crystal. There's my answer. I, think I, don't think, I don't think this is a real lightsaber. I think this is a manifestation in her brain or whatever the vision is. I don't think right. this is going to be a tangible, actual lightsaber. Right. So I think that kind of puts that out. But also, if it were, I, do, I don't know that they would get into that. Because the general audience, I don't think they care. Like, the the whole... I'm going to be honest, I don't care. <laughs> the the, the mystifying and, and lore building around lightsabers really isn't my thing. Um, it's not my thing either. I, I liked, feel like James would like this kind of stuff. Yes. I, I yeah. liked Obi-Wan's des description, which was, it was a weapon. It was an elegant weapon. And it just, it was a cool, <laughs> elegant weapon from right. a more civilized age and uh, all the bleeding with the crystals and you got to find your crystal and it calls to you and all this stuff. I, you guys know how I feel about that, that, that whole thing. I, I like a lightsaber being a lightsaber. Let the person be the power. I like my Star Wars simple. And that's how we liked it. That's just how, that, that's my taste. John Hoey's take. That's my taste. Get off my lawn. I like my lightsabers fighting lightsabers. Maybe the get off my lawn are the people who are like, I like my bleeding crystals. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they're telling me to get off their lawn. How about that? Maybe. Because if I stand on their lawn, their lawn's going to change color because of the bleeding. It's not like a mood ring. That's what they're saying about the lightsabers. You got to bleed them to different colors. Yeah, I guess. 
Yeah. I, so, I don't know enough about bleeding crystals to, to answer this with like full 100% confidence. Um, but I could tell you that dark ray is definitely a vision. It's not actually ray. So, so how I understand it is you I get, don't think they're going to show anything. <laughs> I think you get a kyber crystal that doesn't have a color and then it bleeds based on how you use the force. And mm. if it goes red, it's dark side. If it goes blue and green, it's light side. And I believe you can't change a blade once it's bled, once the crystal bleeds. But um, I, I think that's what it is. But either way, it, George Lucas said it best. Bad guys use the red ones. Good guys use the blue ones. We're going to have Luke use a green one in the third movie because we have a lot of blue sky. We don't want to clash blues on blues. That's nice. a real answer, folks. And last but not least is Kylo Ren vs. Mask at verse vs underscore Ren. And they said, hello from Dorset, England. I probably slaughtered that. I know English names are different. I always get them wrong. Um, hello. They said, in TFA, Kylo Ren smashed up a computer console in a fit of rage, which is one of the best scenes, honestly. And in The Last Jedi, he smashed up his mask in the elevator. Uh, what inanimate object do you think he will smash up in the rise of Skywalker? Parenthesis, or will we be seeing a more zen Kylo Ren? In Kylo episode, zen? Kylo zen in episode nine. Um, I'll go first on this one because Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. um, what will he smash? I think we will see him smash something. I'm not sure what that something is because we haven't really seen him in any environments to smash anything. <laughs> um... Uh, but the console part is one of my favorite scenes, I think, in TFA, especially because he goes, anything else? And it's so funny. And JJ actually said that's the part that made him fall in love with Adam Driver as an actor, because there was, like, this humor to it mm -hmm. of anything else. John, what do you think he's going to smash? Darth Vader's mask. You think so? He's going to pull it out of that space drawer? And he's just... going to be like, shut up, Sheev! <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> shut up like i don't know um i don't know if he's gonna smash his mask again that's kind of been done and jj's not gonna jj has enough of a creative creative mind and an ego to not want to do what ryan did so i sure. don't think he's gonna smash his own mask sure if, if the mask goes down it's gonna be because ray hit it or something happened he gets thrown like something like that sure. um I'm sure he'll smash stuff up. I hope he kills people. Like, I hope... I tweeted about this. Like, I don't care if he gets redeemed or not. I don't. But I need this guy to be full, like, villain. Like, I need him to kill people. I want to see badass Kylo Ren. Not like, well, I don't know what I, what I am. And maybe... And more. No! I want this guy to kill people. I want evil Kylo Ren for at least like two hours and 58 minutes of the three-hour movie. Um, so, so two minutes, he could be like, I don't know. When. Two minutes, he's like, oh, okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> going good now. Now I'm going to die now. Oh, jeez. Bye, everybody. Guys, thank you for your questions. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N on Twitter. Right. Um, you can send us any Star Wars question you like with that, or you can hashtag Ask the Resistance. Right. And you can make it on the show. Yeah. John, yes. back to you. 
Guys, thank you so much for watching, listening, being a part of the resistance. We hope we helped uh, close out your weekend and cure some of those post-holiday weekend blues by joining us in the resistance space. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to us. Head to resistancebroadcast.com. That takes you to our page on starwarsnewsnet.com. Uh, that's where you can find out where to subscribe to us, uh, where you can get some merch, like a Make Solo 2 Happen t-shirt, where you can go to our patreon page uh, but before you do all that i did just mention star wars newsnet that is our parent site so make sure you're going to starwarsnewsnet.com every day for all of your latest star wars news reviews of the books and comics we have a great team over there including kyle jordan and yelena uh your editorials all your information on star wars and more go to starwarsnewsnet.com and uh our, of course we have a patreon page too so if you're if you need more TRB, that's the place to go. It's patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We have a lot of exclusive content and additional stuff we do over there from Q&A videos, rumor reviews, uh, different polls, discussions, a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of fun stuff we do over there. A lot of content. We make it worth your while. And the tiers start at $2 a month. So join us. We actually have a uh, the Force Awakens commentary coming up soon on the page. We're very excited about that. And I want to say a special thank you to our Patreon generals. That is Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Len Brown, who you're going to see on Thursday on our Patreon pod race. Looking forward to that, Len. Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you so much, generals, for all of your support. We really appreciate it. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, at Johnny Hoey, and over at Star Wars News Net. Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Lacey Gillerin where I talk about Vendemption because I want to see it happen. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, as you guys know, James was not here today, so make sure you let him know how much you missed him, uh, especially um, all his uh, talk he probably would have um, gone into about the lightsaber crystals and stuff like that. <laughs> but you can find James on Twitter at Myra Trunks, M-I-R-A-H-T-R-U-N-K-S. He will be back next Monday with us uh but don't worry he wasn't gone for any bad reason he was actually uh at, he's at disney world uh having a good time checking out galaxy's edge and, and stuff like that with his family well-deserved break but uh miss you james we'll see you next week but we'll see you guys on thursday where we're going to talk about who do we think should show up in the kenobi series and when it comes to characters that we know and what makes sense so we're going to have fun discussing that and um will the force will probably be back but until then enjoy your weeks and we'll see you thursday morning right here on the resistance broadcast we'll see you around kids <laughs>